We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. All right, Melissa, here we are, episode three, and it's so exciting. I can't believe that we are here. I know. <laughs> We're just talking about this, and here we are. It's like a never-ending source of conversation for you and me, all of this <laughs> about breaking this darn diet cycle. Yes, 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 yes. So today, we really want to talk about just how to deal with family comments and just dealing with... Um, them not being on board with what you're doing, right? I think that taking ourselves out of diet culture um, is one thing for ourselves, but then taking our families out of diet culture is a completely different story. So I, I think what we want to do for our listeners today is kind of talk about that and just have them walk away with some tips on how they can deal with this in their everyday lives. Yeah. What do you think? Very helpful. Because a lot of times the beliefs and the values you have for weight loss and for dieting came from the very family you're spending time with now. And so it's really, really hard to kind of become aware and get to know these new ways of being around food and then see your family and friends stuck behind in that old mindset. So we hope this is helpful if you find yourself there right now. Definitely. This is definitely a multi-generational thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just, <laughs> it's, it's not you just one in a bubble. person. It's everything. Um, mm -hmm. It's everyone around you. Um, Cause it's been happening for so many years. So that's why we keep saying like, you can be the first in the family to change your diet, that dialogue. You can mm -hmm. be the first one to kind of like nip it in the butt and kind of start that generational healing mm -hmm. for the people to come or even the people in your family now because um, you can do this for the younger you know folks in your family or the older ones yeah um, it all can start with you yes 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 <laughs> but it's not easy so we'll talk about it's how to not navigate easy. that no 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 um, so let's talk a little bit about family comments about food um, your eating habits your looks um, and how, you know, how we can deal with that, right? I think with my clients, I see a lot of it around cultural foods like white rice or tortillas. You know, they're part of our culture. They're part of our everyday. But in the same breath, diet culture has told us they're not okay. So there's a lot of guilt around the fact that we're eating it because it's part of our lives. So does your family um, like talk about like, would, if you have rice, is someone in your family like, oh, don't have that, you might gain weight? Or is that more from what you saw in the media? Um, I think that it's a combination of both, right? So we still have all of these foods at our parties and our everyday but you'll hear the little snippets of like a little comment like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. I'm mm. on a diet. Or like, for instance, Lent was a perfect example of how many people in my family gave up rice. I mean, and bread and like carbs. And it's like, uh, guys, you're just feeding into this. You mm -hmm. really don't have to do that. But um, it's just like more snarky comments, not mm. so much of like, you can't have it. It's more of like, should you have that much? Yeah. Did you just have some a little bit ago? Which is so confusing because yes. like, if you're going to do it, enjoy <laughs> it, right? There's this, it's almost like the guilt and the consumption of these foods go hand in hand. And mm -hmm. gosh, that's so true, right? Like 
they're choosing it, they're enjoying it. And I've been there before too, where I've made commentary on the way that I eat as I'm eating it. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Like you're going to eat that big plate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. Um, so it's just like the little snarky comments and then it causes that guilt, right? Like, man, should I have eaten that? Even though it's there, even though there's like a buffet table of so many yeah. options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it's the little snarky comments, I think, um, get get to us a lot. Because again, they're there, they're part of our everyday, but then they have this like negative connotation to them. Yeah. So it's like a struggle. Yeah, definitely. What do you see with your clients? I think it's a spectrum, right? And some level there's that quote, harmless talk that you're talking about, which I would argue is actually kind of harmful, but mm-hmm. that's sort of normal, cultural, oh my gosh, I shouldn't eat that level, all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which it does feel a little bit more, you know, more challenging or hurtful, you know, mm-hmm. comments like, did you gain weight? Or mm-hmm. are you really going to keep having that in a way that's almost policing or monitoring other people? And sometimes that even started in child childhood. You know, I've had mm-hmm. clients who they, they went off to college, they came home, mom started kind of policing food when they came home because their bodies were changing in college. And so a lot of this kind of builds on itself over the years with clients that it's, it goes from this harmless chatter mm-hmm. to deep stuff that's been going on for a while. And so it can kind of feel like a bomb went off in your head when someone made those comments because it just hurts. And it's hard then to connect your body and take care of you in that moment. So yeah. A lot of different things happening um, out there with my clients. I see. Yeah, I see that too. And I think one thing I want to point out is that I see it more in the families that are more Americanized, if that Mm. makes sense, in the the way that when um, certain families are very immersed in traditions still, it's not as the, what, you, what, what did you call them earlier? Harmless comments? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the harmless comments are not as um, as frequent, maybe, or... Um, or I don't know if I even like the word harmless, harmless though. Yeah. I, like, um, they're, they're, they're just more typical, or they're, they're typical. Oh, yeah, normal. like, more nonchalant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, just sneaking in there. But then what I see in the spectrum is the more the the person has been Americanized or if they're like a, a second or third generation and they mm-hmm. have more of those American foods in their diet as opposed right. to like our cultural foods. That's when I think a lot of the cultural foods are more villainized mm-hmm. because they have been um, conditioned to eating more American foods. And now those cultural Sorry. foods yep. are like, ugh, I shouldn't have it. Um, so I think that that's another, another place I see the spectrum, but we still want to keep our culture. So it's really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really yeah. hard to know what's right and what's not like, I want to eat this, but it's, it's bad for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those thoughts just fly at you. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, it's a tough situation to be in. But this brings us back to this idea of culture and, you know, for you, you're closer to, um, you know, first generation American, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have a lot more blending of cultures that are happening than me, who's second generation, Mm -hmm. than someone who's 10th generation, Mm -hmm. you know, American. And what's happening is that you have these, if you think of it almost like a nesting doll, right? There's your individual family culture, like you, and maybe if you had a traditional family growing up, the mom, the dad, the kids, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that, that, that first nest. And then there's the aunts, uncles, cousins, and that family culture. Mm-hmm. And then there's the community that you're in. And then on top of that is diet and wellness culture, which is yeah. sold to us by the media. And so 
everybody's going to have a different kind of picture when you nest all those layers together. But if you think about you at the very center of that, when you start to boom, boom, punch, punch, and try to break out all of that, there are layers of this on top of you, right? So you have to have a very strong sense of your values and your skills to navigate that. And so it doesn't really matter the culture. You are are in a context. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like how you you put that. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely you. It seems like it's you against the world Mm -hmm. at a certain point when you're trying to kind of navigate this world where everything that you've been told is kind of like, is that true? Yeah. yeah. Like, is it true? Did I, what, what, how did I even like live before? Yes. What is all this information that was coming at me? Um, And so, yeah, I think that you have to start with that self-compassion, that self-awareness so Mm -hmm. that you can start one by one or little by little chipping away Mm -hmm. um, at all those. um, Can I add something though about, because we're talking a lot about food yeah. But I think you mentioned body talk too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I have this really interesting phenomena with clients where I hear this over and over again. And I've heard it from my mom too, where there's almost this very common talk of like, oh, did you gain weight? Did you lose weight? Always. You know, even like, God bless my father. I love him so much. But he's always like, did you gain weight? Did you lose weight? And I'm always like, dad, I, it doesn't matter. I, yeah. I'm wearing a different shape top today. And that's yeah. might be... But those questions are hurtful. And strangely, the question, did you lose weight, can be really hurtful for people because it implies, one, that people are noticing it, that perhaps you looked worse before Mm -hmm. and maybe, and so it just makes people feel so confused when those comments get made and it's hurtful. So I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, I noticed I just had this conversation with my dad this week when he called and we were talking about the kids eating snacking you know Mm because they're just at home and my dad's like oh well Nyla's gonna gain weight and I'm like first of all let's never comment about my daughter's weight Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and he was like oh I was just trying to be funny again because it just seems like a nonchalant thing to say um and I had to nip it in the butt and set the boundaries like don't comment on my daughter's weight because Mm -hmm. that could just set off a snowball effect yeah um and thankfully my dad listens a little bit to what I say sometimes not always <laughs> yeah. um he still doesn't yeah. think that I'm a professional sometimes but <laughs> <laughs> um you know because I'm his kid but no but yeah. I think that he hasn't said anything since so I think I planted that seed yeah it's uncomfortable but it does work to set boundaries and yeah you know a lot of the work we do with clients is first getting clear on what is the boundary you have yes then how do you communicate that in a way that that person can hear it if they're willing and if they're not willing how are you going to enforce and cope with that because mm-hmm. not everyone is going to be ready to hear you and not everyone is ready to do the work that you are doing and so there is a bit of a coping process that many of our clients go through to set themselves up for success if they have said yes i don't want to live like this anymore and i don't want my kids to live like this either so yeah it's definitely yeah. a process to go through here it is and i think that I've noticed uh, working in the Latina community that for many, it's really hard to set boundaries because you don't want to see marcriada. And marcriada means that you're being ungrateful or you're being rude. Um, It's a word that is thrown around a lot when you kind of like 
put your foot down and don't want to do something, it's like, oh, you're being martyrada. Yeah. It's like, there's a no, word for it to protect. There's a word for it. To protect yeah. from bucking the system, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. So again, it's like, you know, if you were raised like me, which is a first generation, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a hierarchy of like, all right, when you speak to an elder, you speak like this, and then you kind of like go down, um, mm-hmm. kind of like the totem pole, and you would never, ever speak to someone that's elder in a way like that right yeah. it's like yeah. what they say goes and that's it and I think that again that's part of what we need to learn when we set boundaries mm-hmm. you don't have to be rude when you say it and that's a, you know I talk a lot about that with my clients you don't have to be rude you could simply just respond with a question back and change the, the, mm-hmm. the conversation or you can say it in a nice way where it doesn't seem like you're challenging what they said right um, but you're just kind of rewording it and moving away from it. Um, and it takes time to do that. And it takes mm-hmm. time to kind of like build that muscle to yep. do it. Um, it doesn't happen automatically. Unfortunately, I've always been, not unfortunately, I guess good for me. I've always been the type of person that gave no shits and it would say what was on my mind. Yes. And I got in trouble a lot. Um, but I've always been able to set boundaries, but I don't think, you know, it's something that's really mm-hmm. well known. Or right. not well known. I shouldn't say that. It's not easy for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of expectation when we make boundaries yeah. that like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of clients that are doing scripting. Like I'm going to tell my mom this, and then she's going to say that. And then I'm going to yeah. say this. And then by the way, when you go to do this, maybe you lose a little resolve. Maybe yeah. you fumble on the words. Maybe your parent or spouse or friend reacts just slightly different than mm-hmm. you anticipated. And so this is where I think it is really very helpful to figure out a framework for communication Mm -hmm. and learn self-regulation skills so that as maybe what you think happened doesn't quite happen, (laughs) what happened doesn't quite happen, you can respond and adjust in a way that feels empowering for you. And to understand that there's probably going to be anger, there's probably going to be fear, there's probably going to be sadness in it. Like there's all these emotions involved in setting boundaries. So you can role play like your clients do, mm-hmm. but then you get to the situation and you might be angry Yeah, and you know, it, it kind of changes the tone or you might be sad that you even have to say it. Um, so it's okay to feel these feelings. Cause again, we are kind of like going against what everybody else um, believes right now, right? Not everybody believes that, you know, diet culture is a thing yeah. or that, or might not even know about it. Um, so when you're coming in full force, like I'm going to set these boundaries, mm-hmm. it might not go. I had uh, well. ex- and so, yeah. I had it explained to me once that a family sort of like, you know, if you imagine cogs, like everybody's kind of intertwined together and it's a system and it's, it works together. Mm-hmm. And if one cog, which might be you, yeah, just yeah. stops moving in the way that the family's used to moving, it does have a trickle effect all throughout the yeah. system of the family. Yeah. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Strong families can learn to say, oh, that's not working. Let's all adapt and move together. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the system can change. Yeah. But you can inspect that there may be people who aren't going to immediately mm-hmm. like that. Wait a minute. We always move like this. Why are we suddenly moving yeah. in a different way? And so, you know, not to discourage people from attempting these things or, or finding a new path forward, but to expect a little discomfort through the process and remember that our relationships can be really resilient and strong, right? And yeah. even if it takes months, years, mm-hmm. you can move things in a direction, but you've got to set that expectation right with yourself and with your family 
and know when to kind of fold them? When, who are the people yeah. that are just not yeah. going to be on board? And how do you, how do you create a boundary that's yeah. really good for you in that situation? Yeah. And I think, I think one thing that's super important is to know that change starts with you, right? And mm -hmm. you can know exactly why you're doing this, why you're setting your foot down, why you're so, why this is so important to you. Um, you're able to kind of, and I hate using the word shrug off, but yeah, like you said, not everybody's going to change. So sometimes you kind of just have to like, let it be, you know, and kind of either walk away from the situation or, you know, change the subject or just try not to let it get to you, which I know it's hard um, because it, it's happened to me and I get very emotional. I'm a very emotional person. So I cry <laughs> and I scream and I wear my feelings on my sleeves. So um, if I'm angry, everybody knows because I just can't keep it in. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I think that's um, great. It's great. And some, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not because I get very passionate about this. And mm -hmm. then um, it, doesn't ever, it doesn't always go well with certain family members. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, but again, I had to, and I think it's taken me, what, maybe two years um, to really understand this because one, there was a big thing that happened in my family, which I don't want to get into, but it had to do around diet culture. And it took me a while to kind of forgive that person, but mm -hmm. I had to forgive her and kind of move on and understand that she's in a different place than I am. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that I can't hold it against her that she's not ready to change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for, for others to understand. You can't change everyone and you can't hold it against them if they're yeah. not ready. Beautiful compassion, Delina. That's very nice. <laughs> I admire that. I do. Thanks. I, but it shows it how lot. much, but you said, you know, it took you two years and it shows that you now, you are healed. Like I can hear it in you when you mm -hmm. say that, right? If you have an open wound right now around how you were treated growing up or, you know, how things that you learned about food and how that's impacting you, if you haven't explored that and healed that wound yet, mm -hmm. if you don't have new skill sets to work with that wounded part of you, you cannot come from a place that Delina is modeling for us here, right? Because <laughs> number one, you've got to heal that wound and then you can extend the compassion to other people. I see so many people trying to do it the other way around. Yeah. I'm hurting and I'm going to give compassion to this person. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You got to give the compassion to you first to even know how to dole it back out. So yeah. I can hear yeah. how that was a little bit of a process for you, Delina, but oh, it was. good on you. Good on you. But, but you can do it and you know, it could be faster or slower for others, but it's definitely important to kind of set those boundaries for yourself, right? And then practice that self-compassion so that you can move on mm -hmm. from the situation. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's good to, you know, sometimes um, kind of like sit with the anger and, and sit with, with the fact that, you know, you're angry that other people are still in this um, feeling this way. Um, I think I'm trying to think about in the anti-diet book from Christy Harrison she has a chapter where, where um, there's a therapist that talks about this mm -hmm. about how we kind of as women are told that we can't be angry we can be sad but if we're angry we're called bitchy or mm -hmm. we're called um, you know names yeah and it's like no it's okay for you to be angry at diet culture it's okay for you to be angry at how people are t are treating you that's 
like it's a normal emotion. and it's productive like, and it's productive if yes. you can point anger in the right direction it forces you to act and adjust yeah. and evolve and mm-hmm. by the way the idea that we shouldn't be angry is exactly what's kept our families exactly mm-hmm. the same for generations mm-hmm. and so yeah. this is where a little bit of the courage and the bravery comes in that if you you know want your ancestors five generations now to say wow <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great grandmother, Melissa and Delina shifted the gears of this family. You know, like they will speak of us for generations, Delina. But you know, you got to have the courage and the bravery yeah, to the, do yeah. that. So yeah. if you're yeah. not ready, don't judge that. Well, but yeah, know yeah. that, know that it's, it will take a little bit of discomfort to, to change the cogs of the wheel, whatever yeah. that looks like for your family. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think we kind of, and if you're trying to figure out how that has to do with setting boundaries is that, you know, sometimes that anger or you not wanting to feel that anger can kind of stop you from setting those boundaries because you're not sitting with it. You're not letting it, you know, simmer inside you <laughs> and and yeah. propel you yeah. towards doing it. It's that's unproductive. And anger. Yeah, that's unproductive. Yeah, that's unproductive. So um, that it's really important to understand understand that that there's different emotions and there's different ways to set boundaries mm-hmm. and so we want to help you walk away with some tips um, that you can do in any setting or kind of like start to think about setting boundaries um, and also how to start with like that self-compassion to kind of prime you mm-hmm. to to be able to to do this yeah yeah and if you're so. noticing that you have a tendency in these situations to either shut down, avoid, mm-hmm. or react, explode, spew venom all over the place, right? If you are finding <laughs> in these situations that you're living in these extremes and they don't feel good for you, that is a good sign that you need to learn how to come toward the middle. Mm-hmm. And so for any of you out there, if you went, oh my God, that's totally what I do. I either shut down and hide or I breathe lava. Mm-hmm. There, there is space here for you to develop what Delina is talking in. So figure out what the boundaries are, even small ones, mm-hmm. and practicing self-compassion. Those are yeah. great takeaways. Yeah, you know, and boundaries don't have to be just talking. Mm-mm. Boundaries can be just walking away sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, I can't think of any right now, obviously, because we're on the spot, but. <laughs> They they come through experimentation. But they come. They come through experimentation. You're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, and then that self compassion definitely is key, um, and kind of realizing what what didn't it, you know for you, which is kind of letting go of all these peace. ideas and finding <laughs> peace um, with yourself, so that yep. you can do so much more with your life. Yep, I love that. Any final thoughts from you, Melissa? No, I just loved hearing a little more of your story today. I just, it's amazing. (laughs) I think the more we talk about, you know, maybe there's differences between our families, but the patterns are kind of the same the more I talk to people. Um, But I just loved hearing your story and how you kind of work through some of this stuff too. Yeah. Takes time. But I'm here. Ah! Yes, we're still here. (laughs) So that was our episode on dealing with family. Um, if you liked this podcast, we'd love for you to go ahead and review it. Let us know how you are liking it so we can find more women like you that are looking to break the diet cycle. Yes. And if you need more support, Melissa and I both offer programs for women who want to break the diet cycle for themselves and their families. To learn more, follow me, Delina, at Your Latina Nutritionist and Melissa at No More Guilt. All right, ladies. We'll see you on Insta, just like Delina and I found each other. Thanks for being here with us and being who you are.
peace, love, and break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, chulas. It's Dalina, or Dalina, actually. I'm practicing this, everyone. I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Your Latina Nutrition with Dalina. That's me. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation and is meant for educational purposes. We are dietitians, but we are not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're ready to eat without guilt and enjoy cultural foods, apply for a coaching program from today's sponsor, me. I'm currently enrolling clients into my one-on-one programs, group programs, and I'm also offering a self-paced course for diet culture disruptors. Apply for the program that fits your needs at yourlatinanutrition.com.